Welcome to Streaming Wisdom, a place to discover your very own wisdom being activated through my storytelling. Just like me, you weren't made to fit into this consensus reality that you've quietly doubted your whole life because you are destined to pioneer a new one, shoulder to shoulder with many of us. And it's an auspicious time for humankind right now. So let's find each other and lead the way from our hearts and from the frequencies of real love, true power and wisdom. Consider me a friendly voice by your side, encouraging you as you continue to liberate yourself, express your genius in the world and fulfill your original intention. I hope you're as delighted as I am and have found yourself a cozy corner to relish in this episode of Streaming Wisdom. Welcome back to part two of Healing Through Habits. I'm taking off from the very moment I turned my lifestyle and health around. This was about three to four years ago when I realized (laughs) that my own daily habits were actually the cause of so many of my ongoing health issues. Yes, it was quite a surprise to me that I was the one responsible for how I was feeling. Although I had come a long way with my body and especially emotionally and spiritually, fatigue and pain were my predominant experiences. My life force energy was still drained and I felt like an old lady in a young woman's body. According to me, I was doing all the right things at this point, yoga a few times a week, eating and drinking organic, walking as much as my body would allow. I spent time in nature. I took every fucking supplement and superfood that I was sold. I had well and truly left the stressful, unaligned nine to five rat race I'd invested in bodywork and acupuncture, coaching and healing. I worked extensively on myself, on my inner world, healing my core wounds and making my unconscious behavior conscious. Lots of wonderful things that really got me leaps and bounds from where I was. But on top of all that, I was consuming alcohol, coffee, tea, chocolate, cacao, and plenty of sugar, having no idea that I was causing my own fatigue and pain through my habits. I justified them because most of what I bought was naturally sourced and organic from the farmer's markets or a whole foods grocer. But in reality, I drank a glass of wine a few times a week. I had coffee every morning, tea and chais a few times a day, a giant smoothie a few times a week full of different versions of sugars found in fruits, dates, honey. I ate chocolate, desserts, gelato, croissants, and had plenty of pastas and breads and grains. And those habits that seem totally normal but kind of confronting when you add them all up contributed to depleting my life force energy. And if everyone else seems to have the same habits and they aren't thriving either, it's time for me to reevaluate every single habit. And I did, starting with caffeine and coffee. 
It's actually one giant cosmic giggle that I'm streaming about how I gave up coffee because once upon a time, I loved it. But here I am today telling my story of why I'm done with coffee. And this is a personal choice based on what my unique body can handle. It doesn't necessarily mean that you need to give up coffee too. I'm inviting you to reevaluate your habits and relationship with coffee beyond the addiction so you can really hear your body and answer to its needs as opposed to overriding your body's will automatically because that's what habits do, especially the ones that are dangerously addictive. And that certainly includes caffeine. But we'll get to all that in part three. For now, I'll take you through my process of being a diehard coffee lover to feeling mildly repelled by the aroma. Wow, I never thought I'd get here. (laughs) I first heard about how caffeine can severely affect your hormones, digestion, heart health, joints, sleep patterns, brain functions, and increase your risk of chronic disease many years ago when I moved back to the east coast of Australia. I felt the truth in what I'd read, but quickly buried that seed inside, which was kind of perfect because I was not ready to face life without coffee, not one bit. (laughs) And what was great is that I didn't throw away that knowledge either, for over time, that little nagging seedling grew. Perhaps this had an influence on me later, who knows? As the last few years I drank coffee, it didn't feel right. Well, let me put it this way. I never once had my morning coffee and wanted to praise myself for doing a really good thing for my health. Every coffee came with a feeling I was doing something a little wrong and out of alignment with what my body wanted. And I wonder if on a subtle level, many of us feel this and know that it isn't good for us to drink coffee every single day. I can hear it in people when they're deliberating whether or not to have an afternoon cup and they say, should I? (laughs) It's not the same type of encouragement as when you have a perfectly selected herbal tea and you feel as though you're doing something that nurtures you rather than depletes you. Anyway, that nagging feeling after my morning coffee grew bigger with time. Some new sensations came my way. I often felt a little gross, perhaps even queasy after coffee. I thought it was the milk and changed from cow's milk to every other version of nut and soy I could find, but I still felt the same. I tried black coffee years ago, but it would give me the tremors and my heart felt like it was speeding up for about 20 minutes afterwards and that did not feel right. No matter what version I tried, every cup came with a sense of guilt Barely enough to even notice, but it was lurking about in the background. I think this came from the daily power struggle of exerting will over my body. You will have caffeine because I want it. And my body was sacrificed for my desires. I felt this playing out after every morning cup, this inner battle that my body lost to every single day. I'd always noticed the rush I felt after coffee, my heart beating faster, my words speeding up, but now this rush felt like a huge inconvenience to me. I had done so much inner work over the years of facing my fears, 
and what I dreaded in my near future, that my experience of anxiety significantly decreased. I'd reached a new threshold of trust in myself and surrender to the natural unfolding of my life, like a perfectly orchestrated play that I co-wrote. So much so, I began feeling an inner calm and peace all of the time, even when there was chaos brewing around me. Maybe most people have the luxury of feeling this all the time and they don't even notice, who knows, But coming from a life of anxiety and stress, since I can remember existing, it was a real blessing. And each morning coffee pulled me right out of my calm and peaceful state and out of my natural rhythms. Suddenly, an addict-like version of me took over yet again. Well, at least for a couple of hours. How did I not see her before? I wanted to give up coffee and in 2018, I attempted it for a year and lasted six months, which was an amazing effort. It all came to an end while standing in a cafe line at Newgrange in the beautiful Beyond Valley in Ireland, where I looked up and spotted Irish coffee on the menu. That's all I needed to know. Why not have coffee, cream and Irish whiskey all at the same time? And I drank one every day for the rest of my holiday, returning home with my reacquired morning coffee habit. Minus the booze, thank goodness. (laughs) During the six months I abstained from coffee, I didn't experience the amazing changes that can occur when giving up caffeine because I immediately replaced my morning coffee with a chai every day, which is made on black tea. And I had plenty of English breakfast tea, Earl Grey's, green tea, matcha tea, cacao, and I still ate chocolate, which all contain caffeine components. So my caffeine intake went from around 350 milligrams a day to about 250 milligrams a day. See the issue? (laughs) I suspect this is why so many people who attempt to give up coffee may not notice a huge change. Whilst it's highly empowering to no longer reach for the same drink every day on an emotional eating level, you still need to give up all caffeine, not just replace it with a new type, in order to experience the physical benefits too. At least that was in my case. But I felt encouraged. If I can last six months, I could definitely give up coffee again. By the end of August 2020, just before I left Facebook, One of the last posts I read was titled, If you drink coffee, you've never meditated in your life. Whoa, (laughs) as an ex-meditation facilitator, did that grab my attention. It was referring to the highly stimulating effects of coffee and how this hinders your ability to reach a deep state of meditation. I read on, my eyes glued. I swear if there was an orchestra following me around, This was the time to play the music when the main star stumbles on the missing piece of information that literally changes everything. This post by Mark Watts, who I'm forever grateful to, led me to a podcast and then a highly enlightening yet confronting book, Caffeine Blues by Stephen Chaninsky. And I'm going to share some startling things that I read over those few months from a few sources But first, let me quickly share how I hold information. 
I don't truly 100% believe anything anyone says anymore, regardless of whether it's backed by study after study. It's near impossible to source any sort of truth these days. Or were we so arrogant to believe that we could in the first place? Hmm. (laughs) Even my own beliefs, I hold quite loosely because everything I've ever believed at some point, I've either thrown away or found a new improved version later. I hold on to beliefs as long as they serve a purpose, and then I let them go to make space for the expansion of my consciousness so I don't get stuck in the past, so my consciousness doesn't calcify. When someone is still sprouting the same rhetoric I heard them say years ago, I get bored pretty quickly, because to grow requires change in perception and admitting where your beliefs have reached their use-by date. This is how I treat everything that comes my way. I don't loosely believe things because they're true. I believe them because they are a tool to get me somewhere. The information helps me learn more about who I am and the nature of my reality. I might act like my discovery is the new Messiah, tell all my friends and bang on about it like nothing else for a while, and my friends will attest to that. But they, and most importantly, I know it's not the truth. It's simply a great story that describes what is current and real in my life and serves as a pathway forward. So what I learned and loosely believed about caffeine helped me change my life and regenerate my body, my mental health, digestion, hydration, brain health, chronic pain, and to a large degree, my fatigue. I'm not sharing this information to convince you that this is the truth and certainly not to scare you. It's so you can run it by your body and allow your body wisdom to speak to you. For what I share could be the next piece of the puzzle to your healing and regeneration. Who knows? But good on you for leaning in because once you hear this, I guarantee a seed will be planted and you may never feel the same about tea or coffee, among other things ever again. So let's begin in sequential order of how my mind was blown open and I finally made sense of my situation. Bearing in mind that I heard many other insights around the impact of caffeine on hormones, joint dysfunction and chronic pain, anxiety, depression, digestion, but that's all a story for another day. Today the focus is on life force energy. First, people who drink coffee aren't thriving. I wasn't sure why I couldn't see this before, but the moment I heard these words, I knew they were true for me. And in my case, my cellular health baseline was quite low. It's not like I ever got really sick. I've only come down with something a couple of times in the last nine years, but I was always tired and in pain and found myself getting frequent urinary tract infections. I also woke up exhausted every day with no desire to move my body and get out of bed after having nightmares nearly every night. I felt anxious all of the time and my body lived in an ongoing state of contraction as a result. I was severely inflamed. I suffered regular cluster headaches that lasted between two and four days at least every fortnight. 
I was in pain a lot and found myself either on the couch all day with back, sciatica and severe hip pain or my period taking me out of everyday life and activities between 6 to 12 days every single month, causing my mood to plummet, sometimes into a state of misery and depression. I was very tender to touch all over my body and my bones and joints ached in many places. I made old person sounds, soft groaning noises when I got up and down, and when I was self-conscious about this in front of others, I held those sounds in my body. I didn't feel radiant and certainly knew that I was not thriving when it comes to health and wellness. I felt like I used all my energy to maintain being in a body, to maintain being alive, a garden permanently starved of enough nutrients, light and water to feel the impact, big time, but not too much to kill the plants. The best way I can describe this is like a foggy cloud was hanging over me all the time. My mind felt foggy, my body felt drained and groggy, and I was tired of being in a body. I didn't feel welcomed in my body, safe, certainly not comfortable, and in my darkest hours had fuck all desire to maintain this vessel another day. Everything seemed to be getting worse with age as time went on. I was in the fast lane of aging and degeneration. And in my eyes, this statement is certainly not absolute. I have friends who drink coffee and are some of the most radiant looking people I know. They have a number of habits that differ greatly to the average person, including a much smaller caffeine intake and have done plenty of inner work on themselves, which truly is the ultimate portal to thriving and radiance from the inside out. Having said that, when I started to really look at the average person standing in line for coffee in the morning at a cafe or wherever I went, I saw unwell people who had less shine and luster to their skin, who had a demeanor lacking life force energy, who looked stressed, contracted, a little anxious and often happy, if I can use that word, I'd say more relieved (laughs) because they were lining up to get their daily fix. I see addicts who aren't in charge of their choices. Caffeine has a hold over them. And for me, this was really hard to see whilst I was drinking caffeine. I could only truly see it once I gave up and turned on the tap to my vital life force energy. And I realized that for many years, my flow had been in stagnation. Now it was a fountain. On to the next very startling discovery. Caffeine doesn't give you energy. It depletes it. What? (laughs) That blew my mind. What do you mean? That's why we have coffee in the morning, to give us energy, to wake us up, to start the day. That's what we reach for when we feel tired. Another coffee because it gives you energy. No. (laughs) It takes your energy. The way I like to see it is that you borrow your energy from your future self to the detriment of your future self. Let's look at why we feel like caffeine gives us energy in the first place. Well, 
Caffeine contains a chemical compound produced by plants to defend itself against other life forms that may attack it. Some examples that I can pronounce <laughs> include morphine, codeine, quinine, and of course, caffeine. In other words, it's a naturally forming insecticide, something that poisons and kills life. So to us, it's a diuretic, a poison, and when you ingest it, your body not only uses excess water to remove the poison, it activates your fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response, releasing adrenaline as it stimulates your nervous system. And if you know anything about the adrenal fatigue epidemic, you'll probably be thinking, oh, that makes a lot of sense now. What also makes sense is why you feel thirsty after a good dose of caffeine, or even chronically dehydrated if you're drinking it all the time. And I have to say, there are other major contributing reasons for this dehydration, which we will get into, just not today. But caffeine is certainly one of those contributors. Also, you may feel an urgency to either urinate or empty your bowels or both because that's your body ridding itself of poison as quickly as it can. Now, more importantly, these sensations doesn't necessarily mean that you've been given excess energy. It's actually heightened stress, giving you the illusion of energy because nature tells you you need to fight or flight. Contributing to this illusion is your body's attempt to remove the poison as effectively as possible as you're stimulated to defend yourself from the poisonous attack. The only thing you're getting is phantom energy as your body prematurely releases your energy in a huge dose in response. So you might feel high in the short term, but often tired a few hours after coffee when this detoxing attempt is mostly complete. In the long run, you'll feel incredibly depleted as the accumulative effects of this daily ritual add up over many years. Hmm, the sensation of tiredness. Let's look at that for a moment. Caffeine has the ability to lock into your cells and takes the exact place of a hormone responsible for your relaxation and sleep. Once the caffeine lets go, the hormone replaces itself, giving you a new sensation of tiredness. So again, you're not getting energy from caffeine. You're borrowing energy from your future self. Something that follows aging is a loss of overall body water content, a topic I'm going to get right into this season when I start sharing my experiences of working with my fascia to heal chronic pain. But for now, let me say this. If aging is a loss of water, wouldn't it make sense that having to access more of your water each day to remove a poison speed up the process of aging? It does to me. I don't need a study to tell me that, and if I'm wrong, I'm sure there are other implications anyway. Why speed up the process and take from your own water well unnecessarily every day to fight a poison that you allowed into your body that provides such little benefit, many of which can be sourced from other foods that aren't poisonous? And of course, the impact on your sleep cycles is huge. Whilst caffeine might have left your system that evening, has your stress response gone with it? Not exactly. This can take weeks. 
And if you can't enter into a deep sleep throughout the critical hours from midnight to 3 a.m., when your human growth hormone inhibitor is released for your healing and regeneration, it's unlikely you will wake up feeling energized. Why did I used to believe and often affirm, I need a coffee to wake up or start my day? It's because consuming caffeine the previous day depleted my life force energy and hindered my ability to enter into a deep sleep and heal overnight. And this is an accumulative effect of many years of drinking caffeine every single day. I would then wake up exhausted mentally and physically, then reach for some more poison to stimulate my body into snapping out of its fog and fatigue and start the vicious cycle all over again. That is the cycle of an addict. I had to get real. I was an addict. You might be a caffeine addict too, but you're certainly not alone. Our world is full of them. Do you know anyone of any age that goes without either coffee, tea, chai, green tea, matcha tea, chocolate, cacao, energy drinks, caffeinated sodas, or caffeinated medication any day, let alone long enough to know what life feels like beyond this? We do have a serious problem here. And yes, everyone is doing it, but just because everyone's doing it, doesn't make it okay. It's anything but. How are you going? (laughs) I'm feeling really like I want to say I'm sorry for sharing such confronting information. I do trust that you have your own inner radar and you are listening openly, but you're not believing everything that I'm saying and that you will at some point allow this to process through your system in a way that's true and right for you. But I will continue on. The next startling bit of information was caffeine messes with your messengers. The critical chemical messengers, your hormones, are inhibited in varying ways by caffeine that either directly or indirectly deplete your life force energy. Caffeine increases the stress hormone cortisol, which can lead to a range of other issues such as heart disease, type 2 diabetes, depression, and weight gain. Caffeine binds to the adenosine receptors in the brain and is considered an adenosine blocker. Now, this hormone is essential to your sleep cycle, mediating your anxiety and stress response. It calms your body, affects your blood supply to the heart and your heart's rhythm, along with many other things. Caffeine releases adrenaline, activating the fight, flight, fright, or fawn response of the body, which stimulates you temporarily, but causes fatigue for hours after. That's the coffee crash that you may be familiar with. I know I was. (laughs) This also intensifies the symptoms of anxiety and stress. And for those suffering from anxiety disorders, it can be hard to differentiate between the symptoms of caffeine and real anxiety. Oh my goodness, that one was so true for me. The increase of dopamine levels caused by caffeine behaves like amphetamines, making you feel great at first, but eventually wears off and you can feel low later, creating caffeine dependence over time. It decreases cerebral blood flow, which lowers cognitive function and can exacerbate emotional and mental health problems. 
If you have either anxiety, insomnia, or panic attacks, caffeine could be your worst enemy. And the withdrawal from caffeine should be enough to show us how dangerous this poison really is. This is what I've experienced over the years in all my caffeine withdrawal attempts. Severe cluster headaches, irritability, anxiety, constipation, feeling weak and drowsy, difficulties concentrating, negative thoughts and self-talk, my mood would plunge and I was often feeling this sense of hopelessness for days on end. And while I'm on the topic of withdrawing, let me put you out of your misery as I change tune and share my experience of giving up caffeine. And by the way, well done for sticking around (laughs) because all of that probably wasn't overly fun to hear. The day I stumbled across the book, Caffeine Blues, was the last coffee I had. I was so determined because I was in ridiculous amounts of chronic pain. It was like just impossible being in my body every day at this point. And when I heard about how caffeine can lead to chronic pain, especially through dehydration of your fascia and your joints, Oh, it was like everything stopped in that moment. It was that piece of information that changed everything. I was shocked. Could it be this whole time I was in pain and I was the one making my pain worse? I was so busy being excited by this new discovery, I wasn't even confronted. It soon became the easiest thing I gave up out of all the depleting substances when I thought it would be the hardest because my body was so ready to heal, ready to get out of pain, ready to regenerate, that the transition of caffeine was seamless, especially compared to the other few times I tried to give up coffee, which were absolutely brutal. It reinforced to me that when I'm truly ready, and my whole being is on board with a new way forward, I am supported. And I was supported in many ways because of my highly influential nature, the natural marketer. When I told my loved ones about my new journey of giving up caffeine, many came along for the ride. We love that we could continue this beautiful ritual of chatting around a warm mug of something, but that something became a drink that nurtures, not depletes that detoxes, not poisons. And there's so much more power and support in doing this with others. I first replaced my morning coffee with a Ticino, a brand of caffeine-free drinks that are absolutely delicious. (laughs) Unfortunately, they are so delicious that when I became conscious of my sugar intake, I had to make the switch because they were a blend of figs and dates and lots of other sweet things. And now I drink a blend of dandelion and chicory. I make a bulletproof dandy nearly every morning that has the dandy blend, grass-fed butter, MCT oil, full cream milk, maca powder, and cinnamon, all blended to be precise. It is such a delicious, comforting drink that satisfies me more than my morning coffee ever did. I can't even believe I'm hearing myself say this out loud, but it's true. The coffee is so depleting for my body, whereas this drink is so nurturing. And because of that, I just love it so much more. 
Now, later throughout the day, when I would normally have a black tea, I have a dandy chai, again, all caffeine free. For a while, I still loved the smell of coffee, even if I didn't want to drink it. Then with time, the aroma began to smell more like an odor. I initially gave up all caffeine and noticed some huge changes. One, an amazing one, was that my cluster headaches stopped. Now, if you've ever had one or a migraine or just even regular headaches, you are probably feeling my relief as I share this. To me, that's enough to never have headaches. I'll happily sacrifice what I thought was my number one love, closely followed by croissants, to have respite from headaches. Next, I got deeper sleep. I must have because I started waking up energized. And deeper sleep is not just a nice thing to have. It's a sign that your cells are given the best opportunity to repair overnight. It's a big part of our regeneration process that guides us through natural aging. I noticed my mood changed. It was heightened and I felt so proud of myself because I'd broken a cycle of addiction and emotional consumption. Caffeine no longer had any power over me. Next, my experience of anxiety and stress lessened greatly. And because it was normally heightened when facing social situations, I could easily tell things had changed when instead of dreading upcoming events, I looked forward to them. With the help of a practitioner and fascia release, I stopped contracting my muscles and was able to relax into myself, possibly for the first time since I was a teenager. That fight, flight, fright or fawn response wreaked havoc on my body. I was so tense and in a state of fear, I would contract my muscles, which accumulated over time to tension, immobility, and chronic pain. I had tried to let go of this incessant, automated response to hold certain parts of my body tightly for years. I'd enlisted the help of many practitioners, and any attempt was always through force. I would immediately resume the contracted position, often the next day after treatment. I think when I gave up caffeine and stopped pumping my body full of cortisol and adrenaline daily, my body started to ease and let go naturally. I could break these patterns of sucking in my belly, protecting my tailbone, holding onto my hips, clenching my jaw and hands, squeezing the arches of my feet, pulling my shoulders back and protecting my womb. I got to successfully rewrite my body patterns and as a result, My pain symptoms decreased and I enjoyed more freedom and mobility in my body. Surprisingly, I also experienced constipation and it took many months for my digestion to come back into balance without relying on a daily dose of poison to get my bowels moving. And that speaks volumes about what caffeine is doing to our bodies. And of course, my energy levels got a huge boost and I found myself starting each day with more fuel in my tank. Now for the most wonderful byproduct that happened. I never imagined this, I never knew it was a thing, but oh, it's a thing. (laughs) I found my natural rhythms. (sighs) I mean, that one thing alone is everything to me. Our natural rhythms, our cycles are everything. 
And to know that mine had been intercepted the majority of my life explains so much. No longer was I being overly stimulated and ripped out of my unique biopatterns through a stress response. I was operating to my natural timing, to my design, not to the version of me that's trying to run away. I finally got to know who I was. Since I gave up coffee, I've been regularly complimented on my peacefulness and radiance. The same thing happened to my friends and partner who gave it up as well. I feel as though a foggy cloud has been lifted from me. Then some caffeine snuck back into my diet. And not because I failed, my initial intention was to give up caffeine until it no longer had a hold on me. Then I was going to enjoy a hot cacao at the weekly farmer's markets, an occasional coffee, maybe a couple of times a year, a chai once in a while, and of course my favorite dessert, which was tiramisu. So when I introduced a little black tea, cacao, decaf coffee, or chocolate, I felt no real change at first. After all, I was now consuming only 200 milligrams of caffeine in a week, less than what I used to consume in one day. But that was enough for me to get headaches again over time. And once I realized the connection, I decided caffeine and I were done, at least on a regular basis. So since letting it go, again, my headaches went away. I recently had some chocolate and was met with an instant headache again. Wow, my tolerance has reduced and my body has spoken. That's amazing information for anyone out there suffering headaches. Yes, they can be caused by so many things, but even if it's not the cause, caffeine is likely contributing greatly to the severity and frequency. I mean, caffeine reduces blood flow and oxygen to your brain. It causes dehydration, stress, and tension in your body, all contributing factors to headaches. Because I'm not living in a constant stress response that's being topped up every day, I'm living to the natural rhythms of my body. I finally got it. How can anyone say they have truly reached meditation in an ongoing state of stimulation that is far from their natural state? Most people haven't gone without caffeine long enough to experience life beyond depletion, fatigue, dehydration, and an overstimulated nervous system. What might come of your health, vitality, and wellness if you were to experiment with this? Is it worth knowing who you are without caffeine altering you on a daily basis? I thought so, and what I discovered was a wonderful surprise. I'm actually not that anxious. I'm not governed by fear. I don't contract and hold my muscles tightly. I'm not that stressed. I'm not as fatigued as I was once led to believe. I don't have an illness that I need to change. I'm not chronically dehydrated. I'm not sentenced to a life of pain and immobility. Rather, I like being in my body. I sleep deeply and well and wake up revived and energized. At my best, I'm a calm, centered, present, peaceful woman. Again, at my best. (laughs) And I share this with you lovingly, without judgment, without any attachment to how you choose to move forward in your life, whether caffeine is a habit that you want to reevaluate or not. 
I share this because I want people to know that they have so much more power and influence over their health than they can imagine by the simplest things that we do through automation every single day. Your daily habits can contribute to your depletion or contribute to your healing and regeneration. And I think that's worth evaluating. Thank you for staying engaged in a story that nobody really wants to hear about. Honestly, I acknowledge you for what it takes to hear this if you are a lover of caffeine and coffee. It shows me that you're looking right into the mirror, willing to question and be curious about your habits, and that you're already creating a new timeline for yourself when it comes to your life force energy, health, and wellness. Part three may be just as confronting, but hopefully equally as enlightening. See you soon. Wow. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you making the space in your life to tune into this episode of Streaming Wisdom. I trust you enjoyed it so much that you're about to share it with a loved one who may welcome this wisdom being sent their way. So you're aware, I'm not on social media at the time of this release. So if you wish to say hello, ask a question, or browse my current offers, go to grailleadership.earth forward slash streaming wisdom. And the best way to stay in touch is to subscribe on my website, where you can receive my seasonal email musings and a heads up when new episodes are released. If you have received greatly from Streaming Wisdom and feel an urge to give back, here are my most cherished ways of receiving your appreciation. One is to share an episode on social media or with a loved one. Another is to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and reviews are very welcomed. You can also make a financial contribution via the podcast page. Again, that's grailleadership.earth forward slash streaming wisdom. However you contribute, know that it fills my heart and fuels more episodes of streaming wisdom. Thank you again, wise one. See you next time.